Welcome to the Open Door Podcast. I'm your host, the Reverend Raymond Baker. I look forward to sharing this word with you and your family. I hope it brings you encouragement and that you enjoy each lesson. This is God's word. I believe God's word. I live by God's word. Holy Spirit, teach me your word. Father, I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open up our Bible, Saints, to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to go down to verse 20. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 through 22. Hallelujah. The word of God says, for all the promises of God are in him, are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which established us with you in Christ and has ordained us is God, who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. Amen. You might be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, the word of God says, for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Amen. Everything that God says is yes and amen. Amen. He says, now he which established us with you in Christ. Amen. And he's anointed us. Amen. And it is God who has anointed us. Amen. He's also sealed us and given us the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. That's the work of God. That is what he has already done for us. Today we're going to continue on Faith in practice is kingdom life. Faith in practice is kingdom life. Now the word here has already declared, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen. There's nothing that you cannot ask God for that is written in his word that he has declared Amen. That is not either yea or amen. If you have faith in God. Now he has established us in Christ. Amen. He has also anointed us. Amen. And the one who has done it is God. He's also sealed us and he's given us the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. So we see that we're well equipped for anything that comes forth. Are we not? That is what his word declared. We are well equipped for anything, amen, that we need. But let's look at this. There are many promises in the Bible. All of these promises in the Bible, they are real and they can be enjoyed by every saint. They are real, amen? I'm telling you, every promise, amen, this promise book here has over a thousand promises in it. Every one of them are real. All we have to do is have faith in God when we ask him for whatever is written here. I didn't say your faith, I said faith in God, amen, his faith. 
See, our God is a very powerful God and he's a very rich God. And we see in his word how God worked for his children, amen, in the Old Testament. How he stretched forth his mighty arm to save us. How he stretched out his hand to protect us and to guide us. We know that that's what God is doing. God never changes, saints. God never changes. Amen. And his word of his promises never change. I want you to get that today. I want you to know that today. He never changes. Hallelujah. 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 Both God and his promises will stand forever. Now, do you agree with that? Do you absolutely, positively, unequivocally believe that? Now, that's an awesome thing to say, to say, yes, I do believe that. What we have to realize is that all the work that God has done in the past, all the work, amen, all his promises, even in the present, amen, they are all faithful because God is faithful. So when we agree with these things, then we have the faith to believe in him. I didn't say just to agree with what you've heard. You've got to have it in you. Amen. You have got to have it in you. All the promises in the Bible rest on God's power, his love, and his faithfulness. They rest on God's power, God's love, and God's faithfulness. Guess what? If God can change, his promises in the Bible can cease. They can stop. But God cannot change. Amen. But if God does not change, amen, thanks and praise, praise him, amen, that he never changes, amen, the promises written herein in this book, in this word called the Bible, amen, they're going to stand forever. They will stand forever. So we must have faith in what is written. Amen. It is not in ourselves. Let's go to Romans chapter 15 and verse 8. Romans chapter 15 and beginning at verse 8. We're going to look at 8 through 12. The word of God says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Amen. He did it as he says. Jesus was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm. See, he's confirmed these promises that we have faith in. Amen. Verse 9, he says, and that the Gentiles, that's us, might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. See, we're to glorify God for his mercy. He says, as it is written. See, our faith is in what is written. Amen? And it says, for this cause, I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. See, he's directing all this to us. Amen? Us Gentiles. Look at verse 10. He says, and again he saith, rejoice you Gentiles with his people. He's telling us to rejoice as Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles trust. Amen? Do you see what he said? Now, we're talking about faith in practice is kingdom life. Now, he was speaking to the Gentiles here and telling us, amen, that there shall be a root out of Jesse, which is Christ, amen, and there shall rise, he shall rise to reign over us Gentiles, and in him shall the Gentiles trust. Do you trust in him? 
It's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you trust in him? See, you've got to trust in him because if you don't trust in him, you really don't have faith. And when you trust in him, you trust in him for everything that he has said and everything that he has done. See, the present error of the saints is not many of them expect God to do something for them. They really don't. There's a lot of people who don't expect God to do anything for them. Amen? Let's go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. Matthew 13 and verse 58. Look what the word of God says. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. See, if you have unbelief, you really don't have faith. If there's something that you're not sure about that's written in the scriptures that you do not believe, he says, you don't have faith. Now, what's the point here? The point is this. You have to have faith in everything that God has said and everything that God has done. If you say, yes, I have faith, and everybody already declared just a few moments ago that they did, they believe in him, they trust in him, then there should never be any unbelief in you if you trust in the Lord. Because when you trust in him, you trust in him for everything, not just some things, but for everything. Amen? Now, notice again what is said in that scripture. Jesus couldn't do very many mighty works because the people did not believe. See, God can't do anything for us if we all don't believe in the same way. If we don't have all have the same faith in God, God can't do anything for us. He can work for us individually, but as a body, he's not working for us if we don't all believe. Amen? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's look at what the word says. Let's confirm things by the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15. Look what the Lord says. Now, we got to understand, if you're going to have faith, you have to have faith in the word. You don't have faith in yourself. You don't have faith in what you think. You have faith in what God has said. That is where your faith is. See, people who sit in church and they listen to somebody else and they try to memorize something and keep it and they never study, as the word says, to show themselves approved, they just say, well, okay, well, I believe that. I think I do. I believe I do. Well, you don't really have faith. You really do not. There's no need in you deluding yourself to think that you do. If you don't get it for yourself, if you don't know it for yourself, then you don't have it. Amen? You don't have it. Now, let's look at this 1 Corinthians 4.15. The word says, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ. See, you can go listen to a whole bunch of preachers. Amen. He says, yet have you not many fathers. See, there's not many men of God, not many pastors who will father you as a spiritual father. Amen. He said, for in Christ Jesus, he says, I've begotten you. How? Through the gospel. See, it's through the word. It's through the word that you will recognize and know whether someone is just preaching to you or whether someone is a spiritual father to you. He says you don't have many spiritual fathers. See, there's not many people that you can rely on and trust in. Amen? When you really need this bread of life, not everybody can feed you. Amen? Though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, he says, yet you have not many fathers. Isn't that something? 
very few of them will have the spirit of father. See, there's a difference in what he's talking about here. When you have the spirit of father on you, see a spirit of father is one who will stand. Amen. He will hold on. He'll hold out. He'll do what he has to do for his children. Amen. Spiritually. Amen. One who's in prayer for you spiritually. Not someone entertaining you. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about a spiritual father. Amen. Because we know that we're going to have to be fed. See, many people think that the age of miracles is over. There's people in church right now who don't believe in miracles. Amen? They don't. But the Bible is a book for this age. They think that this, this age of miracles, that was all happened back before. That's why you go to some place they don't believe in laying on of hands. They don't believe in healing the sick because they believe that that age is gone. Don't be fooled by that. They cannot be a spiritual father to you, not believing, amen, in the word of God. Far too many people are influenced by the unbelieving environment that's around them, amen? That's what happens. See, we're all, we go to our workplaces, we're bombarded with unbelief continually every day. And too many people fall into it. I know how difficult it is when you work in a workplace and you, you're the only believer sitting there. You got your Bible on your desk, you study from time to time, you get you a scripture, you take time to pray. And everybody else is running around you and they're talking and, and they're trying to, trying to have an outside relationship with each other. And they're trying to do everything else with each other and you have to sit there in the midst of it. Well, those are the kind of things that are in your environment amen, that influence you. They influence you to the extent that you may not, that'll test your believing. I've experienced it myself. You sit there year after year after year and you listen to them, they talk and they, all kinds of trash, cuss and everything else and talk about all kinds of things, amen. See, you, you have been trained or influenced to not believe when you sit around that all the time. That's why the word of God says, to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. That's what he, why he tells us that. Separate from those people. Now they're gonna tell you the moment you do it, the moment you sitting over there by yourself, they're gonna tell you, you got a problem. What's your problem? Why can't you sit with us? It's gonna happen invariably. But see, that's the price that you're going to have to pay. Amen? The only reason we think this way, amen, that we have been trained and we've been influenced, amen, to not believe. And what happens is when you hang around that too much, you end up losing trust in God. It's subtle, but nonetheless, it happens. Amen? And then once you lose trust in him, then you don't even expect to see a miracle. I can come in here and I can preach to you about what God is going to do, the miraculous things he's going to do, and guess what you'll go to do and right away? Doubting. Because of the environment that you've been in all the rest of the week. Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Amen? <laughs> see, we have to realize even concerning uh, 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 things that, that, that we go through and we're influenced by, they should still not have that great impact on us if we stay in his word, if we continue to eat his word. See, the only reason that we think this way when we're around people and they influence us is because we have a lack of faith. That's what happens. We lose it for that time, amen? See, we have to realize that even miracles, amen, that happen in the Bible, they're gonna, they, they are going to continue to happen. They're going to happen today. They're going to be repeated today. 
There are things that are written in this word that I see and I know that they're going to happen again and people are just going to marvel at God when he begins to move. They are not even going to recognize him as God. Matter of fact, it's going to strike such fear in people they are not going to know what to do. Those days are coming for this earth. Amen? Amen. So the single most important issue for us is faith. Amen? Most of you, amen, or most of us, we get inattentive to faith as we go out through the week. We will. We get away from the word of God and we'll get inattentive. If you don't keep yourself continually fed every day, you'll get inattentive to your faith. See, faith has to be lived every day, all the time. It's not just when you have a trial or, 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 or great affliction shows up or a great problem shows up and you say, oh, I got faith in God. Oh, God, I'm believing you for this. No, your faith has to be lived every day. Remember, I said faith in practice is kingdom life. See, we're in the kingdom. If you're in the kingdom, you have to live by faith. Amen. Now, we talk about faith a lot. And we say with our mouths that we believe. But the most important question is how do you believe? See, now we talked about this Friday night about how we do believe. See, there's a difference in you having faith and you having faith in God. Those are two different types of faith. Your faith is not God's faith. Your faith is what you believe about you. God's faith is what you believe about what he has written, what he has promised. And you have to know what he has promised in order to have faith in it. Amen? Again, I allude to just this little book over a thousand promises. That's what you have to have faith in. If you say, oh, I have faith in it, but I, I, what is it that you're having faith in? What's the scripture? Where is it written? If you're just having faith, oh, I believe God will do this. You know what, that's superstition. That's superstition, that's all it is. You don't have any fact that you're basing that faith on. You're just saying, I have faith. Well, you have, you're having faith in yourself. And you know what? That's a superstitious act. Your faith has to be in God. It has to be in what is written. I'm trying to show you something here today. It's what God has said that we have faith in. It's not what we think. It's what he has said. See, faith is something that can be put into practice. And that's what we must do. We have to put our faith into practice. It's not something obscure, amen. It's something that's practical. Faith is practical. We shouldn't merely talk about faith with our mouths. We should put our faith into practice. Amen. Every day you have to put your faith. I listen to people, they talk about the difficulties with their jobs. Their, their, their careers, their families, their children, all those different things. You can hear it day in and day out. And I, the question is, where's your faith? What are you trusting God for? Oh, well, I believe God will, he, he'll do this. Well, where is it? What, what are you believing in? What's the scripture that you're believing him for concerning your family, concerning your situation, concerning your job, concerning your health? What is it that you have that is a fact of God that you have faith in? Otherwise, if it's not written in his word, you don't have faith. And a lot of people running around talking about, yeah, I got faith, I got faith. You don't have a thing. Well, give me the scripture that you have faith in. Tell me what you're believing God for. Give me his word. Amen? Hallelujah. See, 
we shouldn't just, like I said, just merely talk about faith. Faith is not merely a spiritual term. And that's the way a lot of people like to use it. They hang around people in the church, they learn to use all the appropriate terms, but yet they don't have faith because they don't have a scripture. Matter of fact, I can go to church with you, and if you don't sit there with your Bible and follow the word, you don't have any faith. You don't ever have to bring your Bible to church. Oh Lord, you in trouble. Amen? Faith isn't merely a spiritual term. Faith is the substantiation. Amen. I talked about this months ago. It's the substantiations of things hoped for. You have to substantiate what you hope for. And you substantiate it by the word. Amen. It's the conviction of things that you don't see. Let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's read it the way it's written. But this is precisely what our faith is. See, I, I want you all kingdom living. See, when, you, when we all get to kingdom living, we're going to move mountains. See, we're going to speak a word and, and God is going to do just what his word says. He said, I love them because they are in faith. He said, he that comes to God must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of them that diligently seeking. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. In other words, without his word in you, it's impossible to please him. It doesn't matter. You know what? It doesn't matter how much church you do, how much shouting you do, how much dancing, singing, or anything else you do. If you don't have his word in you, it's impossible to please him. That's the faith that you must have. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance, that's the substantiation of things hoped for, the evidence or the conviction of things not seen. Amen? It means it's the substance, it's the ground, and you have confidence in his word. That's what he's saying. The word is the substance. And you live by that word. You have the conviction concerning that word. That's faith. Amen? It's a conviction. Faith is a practical expression of a Christian, amen, and a Christian's kingdom life. That's what it is. If we live in the kingdom by faith, we'll speak about faith and say man ought to have faith in God. That's where our faith is at. Our faith must be in God. But how should one have faith? We have faith in God through the daily things around us. See, that's why I try to get you convinced. That's why we open up the way we open. This is God's word. I believe God's word. I live by God's. That's a statement of faith. I try to keep that, in, that, that to be encouraged in you so as you leave out of here, I believe God's word. I live by God's word. Everything that happens to me during the day, God's word has an answer for me. I have faith in what God says, not in what man has said. Amen? Faith is a heart that believes in God. Amen? He believes in God, amen, through ordinary circumstances. That's what he's looking for. Faith is not abstract. It has to be practical. It can be practical. Amen? You got to have faith through the ordinary circumstances. Look at that Hebrews 11.3. Look what the word says. Through faith. Look what he says. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Everything that we see was not made which, with things that do appear. They were made by the word of God. And we must have faith in that. Now someone else, a natural man, will hear that and he no, 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 no. He'll have an argument for you. Amen. Go to Psalm 33. Keep your fingers there in, in, in Hebrew 11. Go to Psalm 33 and 6. 
We're coming back to Hebrews 11. See, we've got to understand that everything in this world is framed by the word of God. You want God to move? Give him his word. Have faith in his word, in everything that he has said. Amen? Everything that he has said. Thirty-three and six, Psalm thirty-three and six. Look what he says: By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of His mouth. That means everything was made by Him. Now let's go back to Hebrews eleven. Let's look at the word. Go down to verse seven. By faith. Now look at this, because this one, this is going to come back again. It's going to come back in a different kind of manifestation, but it's going to be just like in the days of Noah. By faith, amen, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. See, I'm telling you that there's things that are getting ready to come on this earth that you have not yet seen. See, you won't be absent of being having been told. You may not have faith in it, Amen. But I'm telling you, it's just as it was written for Noah. He moved with fear. Amen. Noah moved with fear. See, a man of God will move with fear and he'll tell you what he sees. Amen. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world. So when I start giving you things and telling you things that are designed to save this house, we need to pay heed to it. Amen. And he became the heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Notice how God moved for him. He became the heir of righteousness. And he did it by faith because he just believed God. He trusted God. Amen. Verse eight. Look at Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. Amen. He obeyed and he went out not knowing, amen, whither he went. Don't you know that this, this whole experience here is the same, same journey that, that Abraham was on? This is a journey of faith. We don't know where we're going. All we know is that God is building the house and we don't need to labor in vain to build it because he's going to do it. And when he takes it and he changes the direction, I told you, people are just going to be astounded and amazed. Amen. They'll be able to look back and say, well, pastor, I remember when. I say, I do too. But did you have faith in him? <laughs> Amen. See, I've got to stand. See, you have to see somebody who has faith. If I cut and run, then you say, you don't have no faith. See, you got to see somebody stand. And when they do all they can do, stand. <laughs> Having their loins girt about with truth. Hmm? That's what you've got to see. See, people need proof. And even when they have the proof, it's still not satisfactory to them. <laughs> Look at verse 9. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. He dwelled there. I'm dwelling there right now, in the, in the land of promise. Amen. Amen. See, the day when God moves his hand and everything happens in here and this place is filled up, nothing's wrong, no problems are going on, people are just going to be amazed. Oh, I never would have thought because they didn't have faith in God. My faith is in him. It's not in me, it's in God. Amen? Look at verse 10. See, Abraham was looking for something. Amen? I'm looking for something. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. See, I'm looking for something from God. 
I'm not looking for anything from man. Like I said, I will not be moved. I will not be moved. God, your word said it. Amen? And I'm going to stand on your word. Now, if we have faith in God, we shouldn't just believe in him when we encounter extraordinary events or we face impossible tasks or we have a situation where we feel like we're in absolute peril, then everybody wants to have faith in. Amen. As, as the word was telling us when we first started out, amen, that's typical of a Gentile. When we look there in Romans, that's the way the Gentiles were. See, when they were faced, and that's us, amen, with extraordinary events, we faced ourselves with what seems to be impossible task. When we seem to be in absolute peril, then guess what, old Gentile will kick in. Oh yeah, I got faith now, but he says you need to have faith every day. Not just when the circumstances are rough. See, it's not the way that the children of God should take. See, they shouldn't waver. You should have faith all the time. We should know God as our sovereign Lord. That's what we should know him as. But we should also know that like him, amen, children know their father. See, you got to know your father. When you know your father, then you will have confidence in him. Do you have confidence in God? Do you trust God? Do you believe God? That's what faith is. It's just like trusting. Use, your, use the natural. When you had a natural, when you, your natural father was in the world, when you were growing up, you trusted in him. Your confidence was in him. You trusted in somebody. Amen. Beyond measure. You could get up in the morning as a child and walk out the door and have confidence that you were going to come back home and it was going to be a warm, pleasant, comfortable place and you could have yourself something to eat and somebody would nurture you. Did you not? Well, that's the relationship we have with God. Don't you know that? See, we, you ought to know that. Amen? That's to know God as a sovereign God. That's to know him as your Lord, is to have that kind of confidence in him no matter what your circumstances are. See, we're constantly under his care. We're constantly under his protection. It never leaves. He said, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why should I run? Why should I move? Amen? It's not snowing on my head, and I'm certainly not freezing. It might be a little cool, but you know what? Why should I run? Father, you said that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You said, lo, you be with me always, even unto the end of the world. So guess what? My confidence is in you. See, you're going to take all these circumstances and you're going to turn them around. And I'm going to be standing here because I trust in you. See, my faith is in him. My faith isn't in man. I could be standing here and be, be nothing but two people. But my confidence is in God. Amen. Amen? See, it's the power of heaven that's behind us. Do you realize that? It's the power of heaven that's behind your faith. It's not you that you have, it's God's word. And his word is the power. And it's behind us for anything that we need. That's what backs us up. So then all things we overcome. We overcome because he is the divine power that we overcome by. Did he, did he write it down and tell us? See, that's the problem. People don't know what's written. If you don't know what's written, you can't have faith. So I have faith in what he has written. Amen? 
Not in my self power, but in God's power. Let's go to John chapter 6 and verse 63. I said at the beginning of service I was going to probably get over into here. Amen. I got a little bit of time to get over there. Because see, in order to have faith, you got to understand what, what men and women will, will, will take you through, what you'll go through. Amen. Hallelujah. You got to understand there, this. You know, this is, a, this is an awesome chapter in the Gospels. Let's go back to verse uh, 45. Let's begin there. Ah, really, I want to go back further than that. Hmm. Let's go to 41. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread of life which come down from heaven. Amen. They said, you got to eat this bread. Jesus told them something. Amen. And it confused them. Now, this is this is faith here. This is faith that Jesus was giving to them that they need to have faith in. The Jews did. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. Amen. No man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him. That's, that's powerful. He said, and I'll raise him up at the last day. See, no man can come to serve, amen, God, except God has sent him. We don't come here of our own volition, our own power. It's by faith that we come to the Father. Amen? Because we know that, you know what, one day soon, as old Saul goes soon and very soon, we are going hmm, to see the king. We know that we're going to face that day. We know that we're going to face that day. And we know we want to be prepared when we do face that day. He says, it is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the father cometh unto me. Not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God, he has seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. See, you got to have faith to have that. See, your belief has to hang on that scripture. Not on what you think, but what he just said. Amen. He says again in verse 48, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. See, we're eating that bread right now, or at least it's being served up to you. Whether you eat it is a personal choice of yours. Amen. Now you can say, well, I can't, I can't receive from him. <laughs> I'm not the problem. <laughs> if you can't receive this word, believe me, the pastor is not the problem if you can't eat it. Amen? Because I didn't prepare this bread. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he says, uh, this is the bread in verse 50, which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. Do you see how good this bread is? We're sitting here today, we're eating this bread. We're doing it by faith. Amen? He says we gotta eat this bread. It came down from heaven so that we can eat and not die. He says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. He says, if any man eat this bread, See, notice how he declares this. Notice how the Lord declares it. He says, if any man eat this bread. He didn't say he's going to make you eat it. He didn't say because you sit and listen to it that you're eating it. He says, if you eat it. See, you have to eat it by faith. 
you have to live it out every day. Not just when you're in the midst of a trial, when hard times hit, and you start proclaiming you have faith. He's saying you got to live it, you got to eat it every day. Amen. He shall live forever, and that bread, and the bread that I give him, give, is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove amongst themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They didn't understand him. They didn't understand the word. They had no faith. Amen. Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now that's awesome there. So in other words, if you had a place where you don't eat the flesh of the son of man and you don't drink his blood, you don't have life in you. Amen. You don't have life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life and I'll raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. He has sent me and I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Now look at what he says in 58. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Everything that he just previously described, that is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about faith. See, when they were eating manna, manna they had, they received by miracle. They didn't have to do anything but get up and gather it. But as the moment that they crossed over the river, the manna stopped. Now they've got to eat corn. And to eat corn means faith. You must have faith. That's why Jesus uses the illustration of corn of wheat and the, and the blade, the stalk in the ear. See, he shows us that we transform from one stage to another we get off of that which God gives us and now everything else that they have to gain when they crossed over they had to get by faith God was not going to send a manna from heaven anymore see that was the wonder bread that was the miracle bread he said you're not going to get that miracle bread anymore you got to get it by faith from here on out amen all right hang with me now now let's go down to uh, what continue on then, verse 60. He said, many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? It's just like me preaching the word. Taking the time to go through this word to express to you and explain to you how you have to live how you can obtain it. You don't obtain it by all the different ways everybody else tells you because you have not many fathers. A father will tell you what to do and what direction to go. Someone who's not your father, they can preach to you, but that's not what their aim is. See, mine is to be a spiritual father to tell you what to do. So when people hear this word, I know it. They turn from it. Oh, that's too hard. Those are hard sayings. You're telling me that I have to do something that I'm not able to do because you don't have faith. You don't believe God. You don't trust God. He's not your sovereign Lord yet. That's the reason why. When it seems to be difficult, oh, that's so much you're asking us for, Pastor. I'm not asking you for anything that's not written. Amen. They did the same thing. They began to question Jesus. Amen. Who can hear this 
And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, does this offend you? Is what I'm preaching offending you too? I can understand it when it's new folks coming in, but if you've been, you, you walking with the Lord and I begin to minister and preach and teach the word and you say it offends you. <laughs> Amen. Verse 62, he says, what and if you see the son of man ascend up from where he was before? He said, what if you see it? Will that help you believe? <laughs> Amen. He said, it's the spirit that quickeneth. It has got to be the spirit that quickens you. Amen. The flesh profiteth nothing. I don't care how much flesh you want to put into a service or into your serving God or anything else. It's not going to profit you anything. You must have faith in his word. Amen. He said, the words that I speak unto you. See, his words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Do you hear what the Lord said? That's the spirit. That's the life. It's not because I can jump up and down, hoop and holler, suck and blow wind. It's the word. So your faith has to be put into action through life in the word. Amen? Your life must be found in the word. In other words, this is your instruction book. You use it every day for how you live. And again, he said in verse 64, but there are some of you that believe not. See, I know when people don't believe, they can tell me all they want. Boy, they can dress up, hoop, everything else. I know whether you believe or not. All I have to do is watch your walk. See, I, you got to live this every day. You got to live it every day. If you don't live it every day, you just live it some of the time, you don't have faith. I know you don't. Amen? There are some of you that believe not, as the Lord says. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not. See, he knew. He knows. See, if this... If it's the spirit quickens you, you'll be around people and you'll know they don't really believe. They don't really believe. Amen. He not only knew that they didn't believe, he knew who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given him unto him of my father. That's powerful. In other words, you can't even accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior unless it was given unto you of the, of the Father. In other words, your ability has, uh, to have faith all comes from God. Amen? Look at verse 66. This is one I, 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 I like to get into. He said, and from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Amen? <laughs> Is it any surprise how people change up when they start walking with you? Amen? It's not any surprise to me. Oh, you know, times done got hard, Pastor. You know, I can't do this and I can't do that. And you know, I got this to do and I've got that to do. That's not, that has nothing to do with your faith. <laughs> Just like Jesus experienced it here, Many of his disciples, they went back and walked no more with him. Why? Because they don't believe God. They don't trust God. See, when you have faith in God, you, are not, you will not be moved. Amen? Verse 67, then Jesus said unto the twelve, amen, will you also go away? See, he asked his closest buddies, his closest disciples, Say now all these people stop following. Are you going to go too? Do you still have faith or are you going to go? Verse 68. Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. See, even Peter knew that. But see, one thing about it at this time, see, the Holy Ghost hadn't come. 
I wonder what the problem is with people now. See, the Holy Ghost has come. What is their problem now? Amen. Verse 69. And we believe and are sure. See what, see, see what he said? See what Peter said? He said he believes and he is sure. Well, nothing should, nothing should cause you to, to waver. That goes back to that Romans uh, 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 8. 35 through 39. What can separate you? Nothing. Nothing should be able to separate you. Amen. You could <laughs> have mercy, Lord. Faith must be practiced. Amen. Faith has to be practiced. Not only in perilous, perilous times, but especially in ordinary times. That's my whole point today, saints, is that not only when things are perilous to us do we start crying out that we have faith, we gotta live it every day. See, we're living it right now. See, we're going through something right now. Amen? Is it my desire that it would be unpleasant or uncomfortable or too cool? No. But you know what, it's something. See, faith would say, well, call off everything till everything gets worked out when it's nice and comfortable for you, then you come back and Mm -mm. I'm going to do what I have to do. Amen. Even if I had to move them, them heaters up to the front row and all y'all packing them first couple rows, I keep the heat blowing on you the whole time. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, I will. Understand this. If you can't commit your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, who then is going to believe that you have faith. That's why that scripture is written. We are to resent our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And when you don't do that, you are saying to everyone else that watches you, I don't have faith. Understand that. That's what that means. You got to commit your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. If you don't commit yourself to Christ daily, who are you committing yourself to when you're sick? If you haven't committed yourself to him all week, now all of a sudden you get sick, you want to commit yourself to him. Do you really have the faith in God or is it in yourself? See, that's where the difference is. See, if you don't live it daily, you don't have it. It's not really faith in God. It's faith in yourself. And I told you there's a tremendous difference in that that you have because that is not faith. My faith is in God. My faith is in what his word says. He said he sent his word to heal me. That's what I expect him to do. I expect that he bore in his own body my sins on a tree. That me being dead to sin might live unto righteousness by whose stripes I was healed. So when I get sick, I remind him of what he said. That's what I stand on. I don't stand on some superstitious idea. Well, I got faith that he's going to heal me. Well, what do, you, what, what do you believe in? What scripture? See, if believers can't trust God, amen, for their material riches, amen, can their faith be found? No, you better be trusting God for everything you got. If believers can't trust God's arrangement concerning even their occupations, their jobs, can their professed faith help them? Amen. If believers can't trust God for problems arising in their families, what use is your faith to you? If believers can't trust in God in your work to save sinners, but instead you exercise your own strength when it comes to doing that, amen, or you use other worldly methods, what kind of faith do you have? See, I got to trust God. That's why I pray the way I pray at the end of a service. Lord, okay, my trust is in you. You're the one who has to increase the things here. Amen?
See, faith is something that has to be practiced. Faith can be applied. We apply it when we apply the word of God to our lives. We can apply all of God's promises to us through faith and we can make the promises manifest in us by having faith in God's word. Amen. Just like like I said, being sick. Back in Exodus, go to go to go quickly. Let me go before before it's time to go. Exodus 15, 26. Amen. Word of God says, and said, if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. Notice the first thing he tells, well, he told him that all through the Old Testament. That same thing he tells us. Exodus 15, 26. Hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight. Amen. And will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. Look what he told him in Egypt. He said, I'll put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. Why? For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Who are you going to trust in when you get sick? <laughs> okay. He is our healer. That's what the scripture is saying. If this is so, why are there some people that's always sick? They have need of medical attention when the Lord is a healer. Why are they always sick? Don't you trust in him? Don't you see that? I mean, that's how deep this thing is. Trust in him. Don't start thinking and figuring it out for yourself. Just trust in what his word says. Many people say that, they, uh, that they're not trusting in their doctors. I don't trust my doctor. I'm trusting in the Lord. But are they really trusting in God to heal them through medicine? Hmm? Do people trust God to heal them through medicine? Amen. That's a question of your heart. In our hearts, who do we trust? The medicine or God? Amen. The best test is, is to ask if we really have faith, would we really be willing to trust solely in God without medicine? See, you got to have faith to do that. Amen. Now, I'm not telling you, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not telling you not to use medicine, especially if your faith is not strong. Amen. But if you can trust in God, then God, guess what? God will be your healer. But if you can't, you go get your medicine. Amen. Many times in our sickness, we haven't thought about God. We haven't even sought God apart. Amen. Or sought our healing apart from God. We don't even seek for it. We, we head straight to a doctor. Even if medicine isn't harmful to us in itself, it's harmful to man in this respect. If we can't trust God in our sickness, when will we trust in God? If we can't trust God in our sickness, when will we trust in God? That's the question. There are a number of things that I want to touch on, but I can't get to them today. It's just like people who have position in life and God is calling them and they know God is calling them. Amen. They won't dare give up their position for the Lord's sake. Amen. They just won't do it. They're afraid that if they give up their position, they won't be able to secure another position. Amen. Is the hand of God so short that the most high God can't plan for you? That he can't do for you what needs to be done? Guess what? Many people have tried God with that kind of matter and they've realized that he's trustworthy. That he will do what he said he will do. 
But see, you got to trust God. That's what it means to trust him. And that's why I try to get people to see this. I'm not telling you to go run out tomorrow and go try to run a test. Because if you don't have the faith to do it yet, if you don't have the word to do it, don't, don't move to go do that. You better search the scriptures out and have those scriptures and you steadily stay upon the, that word praying. Amen? Because see, I can still be working for DuPont. I didn't have to stop. Okay? And I, I was earning a decent living. But you know what? I knew that there was a point that I had to let go. I had to. Otherwise, I will never know really what God wants from me if I didn't go beyond and trust God for taking care of me. You have to get to that place. Everybody will not get to that place at the same time. It's all according to your faith. And faith in practice is kingdom living. So I know the things that I've done when I let go and I trust God that I've taken another step into the kingdom. It's not because of what I did, it's because of what he does. It's not because of what I believe, it's because of what he has said. See, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. So as I began to more diligently seek him, he's providing those answers. He didn't say it was going to be easy. He didn't say it was going to be a peachy keen experience. But it is the one that he's given me. And everything that he offers up, I will go through. Amen.